Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, there are many people who claim to agree with that statement, but fail to do what Jesus says. But you see, if you fail to follow Jesus, it's not because he's failed you or given you a reason to doubt him. The reason would be that you've decided to place your own desires ahead of him. In today's lesson, you'll meet three would-be disciples with typical excuses as to why they can't follow God. Here's Stephen Davey. An author back in the 1800s put it so well when he wrote that Jesus Christ never asked for admirers. He wanted followers. You know, it's possible to admire Jesus without truly following him. Well, today in our wisdom journey, we arrive at Luke chapter 9, where three conversations take place between Jesus and three, well, their admirers. They're going to give Jesus what I would consider three of the most common excuses for refusing to become true followers. Now, the first excuse sounds like this. I will follow the Lord, but I'm not going to follow him for nothing. In other words, I'll follow Jesus if he gives me what I want. In return, we're in Luke chapter 9, verse 57 reads this As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Now, Matthew's gospel tells us that this man was a scribe. That's a Bible scholar. He's been studying the scriptures for years. He's, he's got a graduate degree in Old Testament law, you know, hanging on the wall somewhere in his study. Well, this man evidently thinks Jesus. Well, he might be the Messiah, and if Jesus is indeed the Messiah, this scholar assumes Jesus is going to overthrow the Roman Empire. He's going to usher in economic prosperity. He'll bring in the kingdom of God, and he's going to give his favorite students the best positions in the kingdom. And as far as he's concerned, why, he'd be one of the most likely candidates for an important position in that coming kingdom. Now, what's interesting here is that Jesus doesn't flatly turn him down. But he he does tell him the truth. Verse 58, Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. In other words, you follow me. I want you to know foxes and birds have it better off than you. You might not even have a shade tree out back where you can prop your feet up and rest for a little while. Now, we're not told how this man responds. Maybe Luke left it open-ended because God's Spirit wants us to, to slip into this man's sandals, so to speak, and ask ourselves, you know, what would we do if, if, if following Jesus didn't seem to, to pay off? Would we be following him today? Now, with that, the, the Lord encounters another man with another common excuse to not becoming a true follower. Essentially, it's this, I will follow the Lord, but, but not right now. Here's the interaction in verse 59. To another, he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, frankly, it it, it sounds at first like Jesus is telling this man to skip his dad's funeral. You know, just go out there preaching the gospel. But the text doesn't tell us that his father has actually died 
Let me bury my father was a Near Eastern figure of speech. It meant to take care of the family business until the father died. See, this is an easy excuse to stall for time. And his reply to Jesus actually reveals his priority in life. Let me first take care of business. Let me first get my inheritance. Let me first get financial security. And then, you know what? I got plenty of money, Lord. I'll, I'll follow you, but not right now. Maybe, maybe you're working overtime to climb some corporate ladder or, or move into that new house or spend your weekends on your hobbies or activities that you believe you've earned. Your priorities of life have nothing to do with the Lord. In fact, becoming a follower of Christ is going to get in the way. Nothing wrong with hobbies, nothing wrong with a career, but, but you're going to wait until everything's settled down financially before you get serious about following Jesus. That's an excuse that's been used now for some 2,000 years. And the point Jesus makes here is not so much about, you know, attending funerals or taking care of inheritance issues or, or tending to your business. Jesus is addressing this very common excuse to follow him. Lord, I have other priorities. I can't follow you just now. But, but I, I want you to check back with me later on. So here are the excuses paraphrased, Lord. I'll follow you if you give me what I want. Secondly, Lord, I'll follow you, but not right now. And now the third common excuse uh, occurs here. This person is basically going to respond by saying, Lord, I will follow you, but not entirely. Here it is in verse 61. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Now, Jesus' response here in verse 62 at first seems disconnected. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Well, in, in this day here, the plow was nothing more than a piece of wood with a handle at one end and a metal tip at the other end. It, it demanded constant attention. The Greek language tells us that this man is, is not glancing back every now and then while he's plowing. Jesus is referring to somebody who's looking back over his shoulder continually. In other words, he's never looking ahead or forward. See, looking back is a metaphor for longing to be back there. And that is the heart of this man's excuse. Sure, Lord, I'll I'll follow you, but my heart, it's back there. It's, it's, It's really not with you. It's back where I used to live. In other words, this person is not really interested in a new life with Christ. He, he just wants the old life like it used to be. So here are the common excuses. And let me tell you, they are as popular today as they were back in the days of Christ. Lord, I'll follow you, but only if you give me what I want. Lord, I'll follow you later, not right now. Lord, I'll follow you Partially, I just don't want you to take control of everything moving forward in my life. What does it mean to follow Christ? That reminds me of the biography of a young man I read. Uh, The man's name is William Borden. 
Back in 1904, he was the heir to his family's wealthy estate. And in fact, for his high school graduation present, his parents gave him a, a sightseeing trip around the world. Well, during that trip, he wrote home declaring that God was moving his heart toward the mission field. Well, at the same time, he, he wrote two words in the back of his Bible, the words, no reserves. Well, most people thought his missionary burden would, you know, sort of fade away once he returned home. But instead, his desire to take the gospel to the unreached world only intensified. By the time Borden was a senior in college at Yale University, 85% of the student body there was attending a Bible study that he had started in his freshman year. After graduating from Yale and business prospects were pouring in for this young leader, Borden kept to his vision for world missions. And at that time, he wrote two more words in the back of his Bible, the words, no retreats. Borden turned down every lucrative position offered him and instead enrolled in seminary. After completing his studies, he traveled to Egypt. He was going to learn Arabic and prepare for ministry among the Muslims of China. But he never made it to China. While in Egypt, he contracted spinal meningitis, and within a few weeks, William Borden died at the age of 25. Newspapers headlined uh, all the news of Yale's most famous graduate dying Reporters and business leaders would write about such a tragic waste of, of a promising life. However, prior to falling ill, William had gone back to the, the back of his Bible, back to where he had earlier written those statements of commitment, and he wrote two more words that were discovered after his death. Beneath the words, no reserves and no retreats, he had written the words, no regrets. See, beloved, when you answer the call of God to give him control of your life, living for him wherever he appoints you, let me tell you, you're making a choice to live a life of no regrets. So as you live for him like that today, until we meet again, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. This is The Wisdom Journey with Stephen Davey. And Stephen called this lesson, Admiring Jesus or Following Jesus. I hope it was both encouraging and challenging for you as you listen today. One of Stephen's passions is training and equipping men and women for service to God. That's why he founded and serves as the president of Shepherd's Theological Seminary. Visit wisdomonline.org forward slash STS to learn more about the school and the training it offers. Join us next time on The Wisdom Journey.